I'm just going to jump in. Yeah. Normally I have uh, two or three guys, but when I started coming up with questions, I just had so many that <laughs> I, you know what, maybe I'll just talk to you. And then, um, you know, if we don't finish them, that we could do with a few other people, but sure. Uh, let me just go ahead and start. week i'm joined by the tournament director of the thrive and survive neil shapiro uh thanks for taking some time neil oh my pleasure pat thanks for having me on uh before we talk about the thrive and survive uh when and how did you first discover disc golf so i don't know the exact when but i was fortunate enough to learn at warwick uh breakwell steel disc golf park so it must have been i don't know 15 or 20 years ago now uh started out like a lot of people with just a, a regular old frisbee Worked my way up into getting a, a shark was, I think, my first disc. And then, you know, got into the double scene, the monthly scene, the tournament scene, just kind of steamrolled in like that. I guess. I, my, mine was the wolf. You had the shark, I had the wolf. Oh, nice. I, All right. Um, that brings up a question. How old are you? I am 30. I just turned 37. Okay. So you were... Late or early 20s is probably when I first started, just after college. All right. Have you always lived on Long Island? No, I grew up in Vernon, New Jersey, which is like uh, about 15 minutes from Warwick. Okay. Yeah. 15 minutes from Warwick, 25, 30 minutes from uh, Buzzies, 30 minutes from Camp Gaw, that kind of area. So right now, how, how many rounds do you get to play in a given week? Oh, in a, I would say more like in a given month, I get in maybe one. Uh, I was curious about that. Uh, just how, you're, you're married and you got kids, right? Yeah, well, married and a, a five-year-old son, so it's it's definitely declined, uh, you know, over the past five years. But I still I still get out basically once a month, sometimes sometimes more. Nice. Um, do you remember the first tournament that you helped, like in any way, like whether it be just helping clean up or anything like that? Um, yes, it wasn't at Warwick, but it was actually at FDR. And it was just helping with scoring at at lunch, you know, just checking cards type thing. I couldn't remember what year it was, but that was kind of the first time I just said, hey, you know, can I help in any way? And someone said, yeah, here, you know, double check these. Nice. Um, I'm here. I got time kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I played in a few tournaments and as I got more involved or as I played more, like I just kind of saw that whole teamwork aspect of it. And, it, you know, it interested me and. I played in a few uh, Mr. Disc Golf tournaments, and Mike Salt definitely like uh, makes it look like fun, I would say. So, you know, it was just, yeah, a little bug, I guess, that grew and eventually kind of, you know, one thing led to another type thing. What was the first event you ran by, like, where you took the lead? Uh, the Thrive, the, well, this was the sixth year of the Thrive and Survive. So the first one was the first event I've run. Uh, but that was more like, it's basically a glorified monthly. Mm -hmm. But then, like, years two through six were, you know, more full-on events. Was it your idea to to start the Thrive and Survive, or how'd that idea come about? Yes. <laughs> so when Hexer first got installed by Ernie Montan and Neil Dambra, you know, they used the entire Hexer land that was, a, you know, offered to them. And it was very long, very big, you know, a lot of open distance holes. Uh, new to Long Island, you know, was disc golf. So we kind of had a growing 
growing amount of newer players who hadn't played, you know, courses outside of Long Island, really. And uh, in the beginning, I, you know, I started to hear some similar comments just saying like how long it was, you know, it's a difficult course for newer players. And that kind of got me thinking back to my Warwick days about how, you know, if you play silver, silver, you know, it's a little bit easier well, it's easier than any of the other layouts. And, you know, as you get better, you can progress to the longer layouts. And I kind of had that idea, like, what if we applied a little bit of that to our longer holes, you know, try to cut them in half, you know, mm-hmm. show some of the newer players like landing zone, ideal landing zones, use those as like the tee off for the thrive round type thing and then show them you know if they can land you know get there in one or two shots then they may have a better chance at getting par on a hole yeah makes a lot of sense so 2015 was kind of when i came up with the idea uh to run it as kind of like an experimental monthly i talked to to jeff sullivan and seth who were like you know two of the board members at the time you know i told them my idea i said you know i would just want something that's a little bit more geared toward the newer players but the more experienced players can still, you know, be involved. And the whole idea was the first round was a shorter layout, temporary layout. Second round was like the full blue long layout. They said, yeah, you know, like we can give it a try, you know, see how it works. So we had like maybe 25 people the first year. uh, And that was just, you know, like a monthly. It was, you know, $15 to play cash payouts. Then kind of saw that, you know, it worked. People enjoyed having a short, almost like an ace race the first round and then a full layout the second round. So they said, uh, Seth actually suggested like, and Jeff kind of said like, why don't we try to run this, turn this into like a charity event that, you know, our club can get behind and, you know, do some good for whatever cause. And they let me pick the cause the first year. Uh, And I chose uh, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation because a friend of mine from uh, from high school was diagnosed in college. So, you know, it's kind of something that I knew uh, so that year, you know, we ran it like a regular tournament. We had about 50 players, I think, sign up for that year. Um, we ended up raising a thousand dollars, which was, you know, more than I was expecting because I didn't really have any idea of how much we could actually raise. Um, then the next year, one of our club members, Jay Berger said that, and he's a, a teacher. He said, you know, they do at their school, the St. Baldrick's Foundation, he said, you know, it's really good. You get people to shave their heads, raise money. So we said, yeah, we can, you know, give that a try. And same thing, kind of, you know, expected about the same turnout and about the same fundraising goal. We ended up with a little bit bigger playing playing field and we ended up tripling like our fundraising amount. We ended up raising just under $3,000, I think, that year. Awesome. Yeah. And then like, you know, with each year we did it, it grew like we got more people to sign up to shave their heads. We got more uh, players registered. So, it, you know, it's just grown each year sort of exponentially, but, you know, within reason. Uh, yeah. This this year was kind of crazy in the amount of fundraising that happened before the event even took place. Uh, Adam Walsh suggested, like, you know, he was really, him and Nick Gerges were really set on trying to reach $20,000 fundraising. He said, you know, 20K in 2020, that was the tagline. And before the event even was supposed to happen, uh, I think we were already at over almost $25,000. So it was, you know, that has been kind of the surreal part is just how much money a disc golf club was able to raise in one year. Yeah. And uh, any ideas on what what are uh, the totals? Yes. Well, this year we raised, total we raised 27000 I think, something around that that number and over the last four years i was just doing 
the calculation for something else, but we ended up raising $62,000, I think, in, in four years for the St. Baldrick's Foundation. And that's the first few years, it was like $5 out of everyone's uh, entry fee went to the charity. The last two years, we've we've done ten dollars. Uh, we usually hold a CTP in between rounds for you know prizes. This year, we did an online raffle ahead of time just because the tournament format changed. And, you know, we weren't able to congregate, couldn't have as many people in one area, so we we're still able to. You know, we we managed like everyone's doing. Is this uh, is this normally? I know this year with uh, ex- circumstances. Is this normally a PDGA sanctioned event or no? No, the it hasn't been. I've I've kind of gone back and forth with that. Um, my main reason for keeping it outside of PDGA is I wanted to get more people who are new to disc golf into tournament play. I figure this is a good. You know, it's a step up from a monthly, but it's not your full-on committed PGA number tournament. So if someone's trying to decide, you know, this is something that they kind of can get, can ease themselves into tournament play. It's actually been from, you know, talking to past players, it's been a lot of people's first tournament on Long Island. You know, it's Mm. not as uh, daunting maybe as a PDGA. So it's it's a good entry-level tournament. I think the other Keenans, uh, might, that might have been one of their first. Yeah, yeah, Barbara and Kellyanne, yep. Lighthouse Hole. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it did help my score that, uh, <laughs> this year, but uh, who? Well, first of all, who was the creative genius uh, behind that, and is it only used for this event? Uh, so far, it's only been used for this. So, yeah, going back to the, the second or third year on Hole, for anyone that's ever been to Heckscher, the Hole 21 is kind of a an alley of trees, but it's a wide alley. But to the right-hand side of the hole, there's a much narrower gap, an alley gap of trees on both sides. And there just happens to be a low-hanging branch that I was able, that I thought like, oh, what if we suspended a bat, you know, hung a basket from a tree branch type thing. So the first, I think year two and three, we had the hanging basket. And then maybe the third or fourth year, I thought, well, our club stamp happened to be at the time was a basket on top of a lighthouse. And I think it may have been the first year that the Disc Golf Pro Tour or whatever it had been named at that time had those uh, basket bases that were cylindrical, I want to say. So I thought... They made that loud noise. Yeah, exactly. So I thought like, oh, I bet I could make like a wooden lighthouse structure, like a four foot tall structure, and then put our basket, put a temporary basket on top. And use that as like a raised basket for one of the holes. I didn't know what, but uh, yeah. So eventually, it became I think hole twenty long position because there's a, a setback pin placement that we can use. So yeah, it's only been used for the thrive I think one or two years. And uh, yeah, I mean it was it's worked out well. You know, it's a nice piece. An island, right? If it when it was across the street. Yeah. Uh, yep. I just remember that just because that's a pretty tough hole. Um, mm-hmm. You add that just, uh, no, I just had it. Uh, yeah, I not not too Everyone seemed to enjoy the aesthetic, uh, yeah. the aesthetic of it, but no one said, oh, yeah, that was, you know, it, it, I saved a stroke because uh, because of that. But, you know. Normally, you said it was the blue. So, obviously, with the, some of the changes, uh, you chose tee times. And I guess the second round was a, sh- a slightly shorter layout. Yeah, so the event was supposed to happen in March and like basically a week or maybe two weeks before the event was supposed to go down, everything was locked down. Uh, So like every other, like most other clubs, I should say, we decided to postpone it, didn't really have a game plan. 
and I had been, you know, over the last five or six months, just kind of like, it was something where I wanted to get it done because I wanted to get the amount that we would raise to the event donated that year. Uh, I just, I wanted to have it done. I didn't want to have it hanging over me for a full year. And so eventually I talked to the board and I said, what if we, you know, what if we pick a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we split up, you know, tea times, you know, we make it so that there's really only so many people on the course at a, at a time. And then, you know, we'll keep the Thrive. And then instead of doing this, the full Survive round, we can use our alternate red uh, tea pads, which are slightly shorter, uh, you know, to just make the day go a little bit quicker. Because if, you know, the lack of light in the afternoon would be an issue if we were playing the full Thrive and Survive. So that was the, the game plan. And I think it worked out well. And you know, I didn't hear anyone finish in the dark. So that was my biggest concern this this time around. No, I thought it, I thought it worked out great. Well, because it, it filled up pretty quick. Am I correct there? Yeah, I mean it. It's it's not like uh, it's not one of those ones that fill uh, that sells out in a day, but it you know it sells out in the first week maybe type thing. Um, I think the last two or maybe this is the third year that it sold out, but yeah, it's it's become you know it's become an, an event that fills up now. Yeah, I was able to get in when when the date was changed, and one of the things that really sold me on it was just the fact that to a degree you could choose who you played with and you could. Uh, you know, you could limit interaction very easily that way. You're playing with the same card and then you can basically, and we, what we exactly what we did, grab something to eat real quick. I think we were out within a half an hour for round two. Um, you can go at your own pace. It was great. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the goal. Limit interaction. Everyone did a great job. I, you know, I asked that everyone wear a mask at least at the very least when they came to get their player pack. And then if anyone else on the card happened to say, hey, do you mind wearing a mask? You know, I just asked that, you, you know, try to have some compassion and understanding and just, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to wear a mask and make someone feel safe than, than to not. So I think everyone, as far as I heard, I didn't hear anyone complain that someone wasn't wearing a mask and everyone that I talked to, you know, we were talking through masks. So I was very appreciative of that. Are you involved in any other uh, events? Like, do you run anything else on, on Long Island? The only other event that I've run, I mean, I, like, I'll try to help out when I can, like, and, you know, I usually volunteer for the Cedar Beach Classic, but, it, you know, that's, I would just say kind of like, yeah, what do you need me to do type thing. Uh, I did run uh, one of one other event a few years ago. It was called The Huck. It was a one-round X-tier, uh, just a one-round blues at Hexer, And then we had a few, we had a long drive competition, an accuracy competition, and a putting competition at the end. Of, but that was, that was it. This is, this is my one, <laughs> the one thing I, I try to focus on. Luckily, we have, uh, you know, a few people that run different events. So it's, you know, it's easy to say, let me just do my one thing here. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, I, I thought we'd take a look at the results. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. You, you, it was, uh, there's a link to it, right? I just got to pull that up. Yeah, do you have, if not, I can. Uh, it's on, uh, you posted it on Facebook, right? Yeah, it's, it's also on DG Scene is uh, the scores I uploaded them the other day. I didn't want to sound rehearsed on the, on the who won and all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, start. Uh, Recreational women, three women. Barbara Ann Keenan came in third. Yeah, Barbara Ann Keenan. I, I've met her a few times. Uh, this is what they've been playing about a year, maybe. Year uh, the Keenans. No, they, this is maybe this is at least their second year with the Thrive. It may even be their third. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know how many I've been at to be honest. But I think it was a couple ago that I met them. So you're right. Um, and Ashley Schmidt in second, and Amanda Geffen. Do you mm -hmm. know either? Um, I well, 
so this was the first time I met Ashley and Amanda at the event. Um, and Amanda and actually another gentleman named Robert Sicanti Jr., we have a growing uh, group of deaf disc golf players. So Amanda is actually, well, actually, I guess the second, but the second deaf disc golf player I've had in my in one of my events now. That's cool. So was she the one asking about sayings and such? Yep. Yeah, she posted on Facebook. Yeah, they're, they've been very, like, great to work with. You know, they're they're out there all the time and they're trying to make it so we can communicate back and forth in a different way, which is kind of neat. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Intermediate women, uh, three there as well. Uh, Kellyanne Keenan in third with a nice first round, 76. Yeah. And then Emily Brinkworth in second. Not familiar with Emily. Yep. She's, yeah, she's played uh, in a few events, a few of the Thrive and Survive. And she was also, she also played in our Brewers Cup Challenge uh, last year or the year before. Nice. And Meg Collins took it down. Mm-hmm. Advanced women, Allison Bazinga, Bazanga, mm-hmm. Ryan, right? Yep, she and Ryan. Uh, that's her husband. She just had their daughter uh, a few months ago. So yeah, I think this may have been one of her first times back playing disc golf since uh, since pregnancy. Andy Romanski in second. Yep, plays for Wedge, right? Yep. And Jillian Walsh. She also plays for Wedge, I believe. Yeah. Oh, she's Adam's better half. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Oh. <laughs> All right, over in the guys, uh, recreational. I don't know. Uh, third place, Robert. Well, first of all, there were four, fourteen players. That's pretty nice. It, have you noticed? Um, I know you don't. You say you only get out once a month. Have you noticed the influx of of new players uh, since uh, COVID? Yeah. Uh, so I haven't noticed it personally, but like I'll see people posting on Facebook, and even when people were signing up for the event, there were a lot of names that I've seen, but faces I hadn't met. So yes, it's it's been kind of amazing to see. I mean, I'm sure Beacon's the same way. It's just, you know, every day it seems like someone new's playing and someone new's playing well. So it's great. It's great. That's what I've noticed. And I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the wealth of video out there now. Oh, sure. Yeah. And there's even, you can even, a few, few of the players, you can send in video and they'll critique your form for, I don't know how much money, obviously, but uh, you you know, I mean, that's kind of cool. You can get basically lessons from a pro from, you know, online. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, I do. I didn't point out uh, Dan Weinstein in fourth place. I was, I think it was hole twenty, and I, I had a really bad hole twenty in the first round. I wasn't playing well mm-hmm. in the. Thri- I wasn't exactly thriving. Yeah, <laughs> but I did manage to with uh, nineteen holes played. I was three down, so I'm okay. like, eh, let me just finish with this. And so my drive on five uh, on twenty. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. went in a place that I I couldn't even throw backwards back to the fairway. Yeah, so the I left side, or I'm assuming the left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even my second one out barely got out. So, and then I just defeated. I, I bogeyed the last uh, hole, so I ended up even I, I, and thrive. And then, yeah, at that point, it was fun though. Uh, <laughs> moral to the story: on hole 20, uh, I got stuck in the left side, and I found a disc, and I said, "Who's D.W. Einstein?" <laughs> and I gave it to uh, Mark G, and he's like, "I think you mean Dan Weinstein." <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I feel like because the DW were farther apart. <laughs> uh, so we said uh, Robert Sakenta Jr. Is that you know yeah? Him? That's a, another one. That's first time I met him, and he's the other deaf player that was in the event. Nice. And I, what's the red uh, indicate? Is that just the hot round? Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Are you on DG scene? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you have to have a certain amount of players because I noticed for the ladies there were no hot rounds highlighted, but for some of for yeah, for I think the MA fields they were highlighted. So so yeah, so Robert had the 
tied for the hot round in, in the first round. And the second place player, Robert uh, Patrick Rowan, was tied with him. They both have shot 59 in the first round, which what was par 63? Yep. Both rounds. Four, four downs. Solid. Yeah. That honestly, that's what I was looking to do. Four down, four up, walk away even. Sure. <laughs> but um, okay. And then Spencer Vid, he had the hot round in the second round with a 59, which he actually improved three strokes. Yeah, there were, it was amazing. I'm surprised to see, I mean, obviously the, the red tees aren't as punishing as the blue tees, but there were quite a few, there was more than a handful of players that shot better in the second round. And I don't know if that's just, you know, you warm up, you, you know, your putting starts to heat up or something, but I was, I was surprised to see that. I think in the first round, there's much more pressure to get the birdie because uh, yeah. you're round. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Like, more from, no, I missed about the same as I normally <laughs> twenty, but still, it's there. It's that little bit. But but Spencer, he's relatively newer. Or I was going to say that that's just that the point you just made. Those top three players, I have never met. I had never met before. I know, I'm pretty sure they're newer to the disc golf scene. You know, since COVID, basically, a lot of the guys in MA three, about half, about half of them. Spencer's pretty active on the page too, which is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll move over to intermediate. Same same situation. The the hot round. In round one, went to second and third place. Third place was Michael Wirtz. Second place, Brian Ballou. Both shot 57. You know either of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with both those guys. They've been Lidge members for quite a while. Played many a round with them. Nice. Had the hot round in the second round. Only shot one stroke worse. Uh, yeah. Six, uh, Kevin Seagal. Yeah, he goes by the name Birdman. If Like he'll post on Facebook at, under Birdman. He's a, uh, a teacher, I believe, who doesn't really have that much of an online presence, you know, for teacher reasons. I would have been more like under siege or something. Oh, there like. you go. Yeah. Well, seagull, bird, seagull, I guess. That'd be my... That's actually... The more... leap I would make. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't... It's that same thing. Like, I, it's funny because I say like, oh, you know, I'd never met them. I've only seen their, their names, but I don't even know what their faces really look like because everyone was wearing a mask. So it'll be sure. interesting to see when I actually meet them. All right. Uh, moving over to AM40. Wow. I did come in last. Okay. Uh, third I... place. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I can adjust your score if you want. Oh, no, that's quite all right. Quite all right. Um, like I said, I, I didn't, I never really felt bad. I just never really felt good. Uh, so it was a, but a, a good day overall, any day. Exactly. And I, and I didn't have any ticks. So that's, yeah, that's always, that's the biggest bonus. But, uh, wrong is it, so he pronounces his last name's Gallardi. Yeah. That's how I say it. I've heard Gallardi, Gallardi. I just, that's how I assume I thought it was Gallardi, but, uh, Ron Gallardi, uh, third place, solid. He was just solid. I played with him all day and uh, never got rattled if he had a bad hole. And that, you know, third place, good good shooting. Yeah, tied third. Uh, John Cronin, second place, uh, shot a 55. He had the hot first round. I'm not familiar with John. Yeah, he, uh, he's he been, I think this might have been his second Thrive and Survive, or maybe his first, but he's been, in the, he's been playing for a few years now. And he's uh, someone who looks like he's playing a lot of tournaments and getting... Like he just has the bug and just wants to play and great guy. So and uh, Robert Bennett took it with 50, a pair of fifty sevens. Yeah, that's pretty good shooting. Uh, I think he's a wedge guy, right? I don't know him, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So that's a pair of six downs, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, I'm just checking to see if anybody else. Well, Greg Squires, I saw he he seemed to be having fun. Yeah, him and uh, I was actually like uh, Joe Rug. Joe Ruggs' 40th birthday was the next day, so I think that whole card was having a good time in, uh, in, in an early celebration. That's awesome. Um, 
over in advanced Derek Yarrow. He's, I think he's pretty newer. Is he not? Uh, yeah, he is. I believe he's another wedge guy. Um, actually, I think he lives on long Island. Oh really? Oh, I always see his name usually posted on the wedge page. That's what, uh, was surprised me. Cause, uh, he would come to beacon and such and more than once, multiple people said, Oh, he comes here from long Island. Oh, interesting. Well, there are some places on Long Island where it's like closer to get to FDR than it is probably to get to Hector, maybe. Yeah. And Beacon from Hec- uh, from FDR, you're you're only adding another, what, 20, 30 minutes. So, right. Um, but no, uh, 5460, like I said, I think he's relatively new either way. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, second place, uh, Daniel Stern. He had the hot second round with a 55. Yeah, another another name I, you know, just getting familiar with. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and uh, winning it at a forty nine is that the hot of the day? Forty nine, I believe, was the hot round for uh, Thrive. And then the sixty uh, held off uh, Josiah Zudzman. Zudma? Uh, yes, another name that uh, first or first time I met him. So nice, but forty nine, pretty impressive. Yeah. And then to the pros, uh, some familiar names: fifth place Pat Collins, mm-hmm. Jeff Sullivan. Actually, yeah, there was him, Pat, Jeff, and Craig uh, tied for fourth. I, for some reason, I don't think DG scene shows ties. I don't know why. Yeah, it'd be cool if they just had the tote. <laughs> All right, and then so Chris Ward third. Yep. Fifty-five, fifty-six. Rob De Janeiro. Yep. Had the hot second round with a fifty-five. Do you know him? Yeah, he's been around for a while on the island. And then our open winner, Filth Raskinator. Yeah, Phil. Uh- <laughs> He's a uh, he's uh, one of the younger guys. He's been playing for a few years, and he's just—I'm sure you've seen plenty of guys like this, but just knows how to play. Like he started out maybe playing intermediate, and then within you know a year, it seemed like he's already playing open type thing. Yep, and it's it's basically what we're going to be dealing with next summer because all these guys are going to have. Oh, yeah, those are the instead of one, there's going to be twenty. Exactly. <laughs> um, and he, him and Justin Smith had the hot uh, first round at fifty. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, had a couple more questions about that. All right. Okay. Uh, so this event is normally scheduled around St. Patrick's Day. And I know uh, this one just finished, but are, are you thinking about next year? Well, so at the beginning of the year, I had proclaimed that this was going to be my last year running the event. So mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about anything, to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, uh, I had talked to a few different people about, you know, taking taking this on next year so we'll see what happens with that i think right now we're just kind of focusing we have the our kickoff our kickoff tag at the end of the month so i think we're as a club just focusing on that right now yeah it's at this point it's the the wise thing to do is just to look at the next event right uh, as is basis i have i I have a few thoughts like uh about about it so we'll see uh you know if whoever wants to run it wants to go their own route or you know pick my brain i'm obviously open for that yeah, I definitely think that the event itself, it's it's got legs now. You know what I mean? You you get legs by uh, just keeping it going. And it's going to it's going to happen next year, just a matter of when. Right. Yeah, my that would I mean, I would love to see it, you know, run for a while, you know, being a similar one round short, one round long type format. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Like you said, there's I'm sure that that even though the the concept has been the same each year, you're probably tinkering with uh positions you know what i mean like there was probably a lot of differences or not a lot at least a few differences from previous years right with the shorter yeah there's no i mean there's a few holes that have not changed like uh since year one but 
there's been, you know, at least a few changes every year where it's kind of, even if it's moving at just a few feet or, you know, or moving it completely on the opposite side of a fairway. But yeah, there's, there's been changes every year and I foresee that to be, you know, the same thing each, each upcoming year. I got one other thing I wanted to do here. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you a quick nine questions. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Basically, you're just going to answer with your opinion. Sure. Number one, what's your favorite disc? My favorite disc right now would have to be the Sidewinder, Star Sidewinder. What hole? I I use it on, I mean, I use it on, at Hexure. I, I use it on one, two, four, five, I'm trying to think. I use it on almost half the holes probably because as I'm getting older and my arm speed is slowing down, I'm just relying on something that's a little more understable and can give me a little bit more glide. And you're predominantly backhand? Yes. Yeah. Only uh, escape shots or or something to that effect where I really bust out a forehand. What division do you did you well? First of all, did I did you did you play in this tournament? Yeah, I played. Uh, I mean, I've played MA one, uh, you know, since moving out to Long Island, pretty much. So I shot. I think like middle of the pack. I think I was maybe eight or nine down, eight down the first round, one down the second, something like that. Fifth place overall. Yeah, so not bad, you know, not, I mean, but when you look at the 17 down for first place, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, I had fun. I played uh, with a couple of my friends that I grew up playing with, so I was happy. Perfect. All right, so favorite professional disc golfer to watch? First, well, do you even watch disc golf? Yeah, I'm someone that watches as, not as much, but I mean, I watch Jomez, uh, Central Coast, GK Pro, Gatekeeper, I try to you know, anytime I can, I try to watch them, uh, and I'm trying to get my son into watching it. So that's it's been fun with the Disc Golf Pro Tour when it was uh, live on on YouTube on Sundays. He he and I watched like a bunch of the the live uh, Sunday rounds. So that was fun. Um, as far as favorite pro to watch, I mean, I'm a, a Warwick fan, so I love watching Brinster play or uh, the, some of the newer guys. I like watching maybe. Uh, oh, actually, well, I shouldn't say newer guy, but I like watching Philo. I think he's just one of the, the most fun people to watch. Nice. Who's your favorite amateur disc golfer to watch? My favorite amateur disc golfer to watch? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, whoever's on my card. I just, you know, I like to watch people play. Okay. Favorite non-Long Island local course? Something nearby, but not on Long Island. Uh, I mean, FDR is, I mean, that's the closest, I would say. But it's also, uh, well, maybe Camp Cost closer. But outside, I mean, Warwick or, or FDR are my two like top two favorite courses just they offer so much different shots they, they you get you can get anything there out of either of those places all right uh disc golf course that you haven't played but you want to play uh i mean maple hill i haven't I haven't gone there i, I think, haven't yeah <laughs> i mean it's everyone that goes there says it's great and that they shoot like you know plus 100 but it's i mean the time, yeah. yeah i'm sure but i mean any any of the major course i'd you know any course really all right have you ever prematurely niced someone Oh, 100%. You're lying if you said you haven't. (laughs) Okay. uh, Two meter rule, yay or nay? Uh, Well, I, again, like I learned how to play at Warwick and they enforce the two meter rule there. So I'm, I'm for it. And then just kind of something that I I learned to play with, I guess. It doesn't really happen too often at Hexer, but there are definitely, I mean, there's plenty of trees, but I don't know. I haven't seen too many people get stuck in a tree. Yeah. Who is your favorite astronaut? Neil Armstrong. Share the same name. (laughs) Spelled differently, but it's all right. Yeah, I was looking at that. Um, apparently, he spells it wrong. It, that's I've been telling him for a while, but... <laughs> all right. And when do you expect to play your next round of disc golf? So right now, the 
the Long Island Disc Golf's 2021 tag kickoff round, the Calverton kickoff, is scheduled for December 26th, uh, hosted or run by Ron and Pat. So that's if I can if I can get away that day, that's the next time I expect to play. Wow. Do you okay? Well, let me ask you this: Do you get any in any practice? I have, yeah, I have a bat. I have a basket in my like a uh, in of a what are they called the disc catcher basket? You know the the single chain outside chain one. Um, now that it's getting colder, like I used to, you know, putt during my lunch break since I've been working from home type thing. But now that it's getting colder out, we'll see if that happens. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I'm at a point in my game where I'm not, uh, I'm comfortable with how I play, and I don't know how much practicing i'll get in so i just like to the camaraderie of it you know it's one of those things where I, i've chosen to to do something else instead so i'm comfortable with that yeah all right well uh thanks for coming on Nick. thanks for having me pat appreciate it all right and uh sweet up hudson valley <laughs> <laughs>